Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code OLDLINE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code OLDLINE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Maryland only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please play responsibly. For help, visit MDGamblingHelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM National Harbor. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Welcome to the Rocks Pile Podcast, part of Fan Sided Podcast Network. Here are your hosts, Kevin Henry and Noah Yingling. And welcome into the Rocks Pile Rockies Report. I am Noah Yingling along with my site co-expert, Kevin Henry, and he you will hear from him in a minute. But first, a word from our sponsor, Manscaped. The Olympics, Euros, baseball, major championships, and concerts are all in season this summer, and so is Manscaped, the leaders in the below-the-waist grooming. Their fourth-generation performance package includes the brand-new Lawnmower 4.0. If an athlete treats their body like royalty, you deserve that as well, and you can do that when you join the 2 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped by going to manscaped.com and using the promo code FANSIDED20. Their fourth-generation trimmer features a cutting-edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents thanks to their advanced skin-safe technology. Their lawnmower 4.0 has a 7,000 RPM motor, a new multifunction on and off switch, which can engage a travel lock, a lock and gives you the ability to turn on the 4,000K LED spotlight. Also, did I mention it is waterproof? That's part of the reason why the lawnmower 4.0 is the best trimmer for you. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code FANSIDED20 at manscaped.com. Again, 20% off and free shipping with the code F-A-N-S-I-D-E-D and the number 20 at manscaped.com. Escape the shrubs and the weeds this summer and shine with Manscaped. So again, Noah Yingling here with Kevin Henry. Kevin Henry is out in Stockton, California, in front of the Fresno Grizzlies as they will be taking on Stockton later tonight as we're recording this on Friday evening. But first, 
the All-Star Game obviously was this past week, and you were there for all the festivities. What were some of the things that you happened to see out there? Absolutely. And and I'm just going to apologize to everybody if you hear the music in the background. It is pregame here in Stockton as the Fresno Grizzlies and the Stockton Ports get ready to do battle here at Banner Island Ballpark. Uh, but no, the, the All-Star Game, uh, first and foremost, big kudos to the Rockies, City of Denver, uh, everybody involved pulling that together. It really was amazing to see it all come together. And to see there were some Rockies touches on it, you know, there was a lot of backlash, we know, during the, the lead-up to it about the uniforms. Was that the Georgia State flower on there? You know, there's a lot of things that still felt like Atlanta had a feel for the or a part of the All-Star game. The but, Hank Aaron you know, tribute. Yeah, absolutely. And, which was phenomenal, by the way. Uh, and, and I want to talk about that in just a minute. But, you know, like the purple, the purple carpet uh, there at McGregor Square, uh, you know, it's been a long time, and, and I've been going to downtown Denver even during COVID, but it's been a long time since downtown Denver had energy to it, a buzz to it. And I will tell you, packed for the home run derby, packed for the, the all-star game, somewhat packed for celebrity softball and Sunday activities. It was good to see Lodo and downtown Denver have three days of fans come in. And one of the biggest things that I saw behind the scenes, Noah, and, and I wrote an article about it, is that uh, Rockies owner Dick, Dick Monford actually took time to sit down with me for an exclusive chat. And it was only about 10 minutes long. It was about all the time that he had. But he's vilified by a lot of people. And, and I'm not going to get into whether he should or shouldn't be. But I can tell you that he was so ecstatic that the Rockies had actually pulled this off and made the all-star game into the, a premier event without there being hiccups, without there being a lot of things that could have happened in a short amount of time. So I, I hope everybody reads that article and kind of reads what Dick Monfort is saying about Denver coming together, his franchise coming together. We know with the trade deadline, the Nolan Arenado fiasco, everything else, there's a lot of reasons to boo him. There's a lot of reasons to wonder what's next. But for that brief weekend, all was well, at least in purple. And we had some other conversations on the site as well. Um, and obviously, since you're a member of the BBWAA, you heard Rob Manfred and Tony Clark as well. Tony yeah. Clark being the MLB P PA director. Um, we had some of the stuff that they said on the site. Um, we also talked with Bernie Williams. We had that on our previous episode of the podcast. We talked with Willie MacGyver. So there's a lot out there on the site and on the podcast. So if you haven't heard it, go back and check that out. So there's a lot of stuff there. But I'm really yeah. glad you mentioned Tony Clark because I, I, I think it segues into what's going on right now. Because one of the things that struck me so much sitting at the BBWAA brunch with, with him and Commissioner Rob Manfred was that Tony Clark, whenever we were talking about COVID-19 and what all was going on in MLB, one of the things he said was, there's a lot of things going on right now that you all don't even know about. And that perked up my ears. I'm like, what does that mean? And sure enough, as we get back into the second half, we know Yankees, Red Sox postponed on Thursday. We know the Rockies, Tigers. A lot of teams are dealing with COVID-19 issues right now. And so I think that that was very uh, – I think MLB knew something was going on and they were trying to put a cap on it as quickly as possible, but obviously it still affected games. Yeah, and for the Rockies, uh, the players out on Friday, meaning today, 
are Antonio Senzatella, who was going to start the game, Jonathan Daza, Ulysse Chassin, Yancy Almonte, and then coaches uh, uh, Ron Gideon and then manager uh, Bud Black. Mike Redman, the bench coach, is filling in today um, as manager. We'll see how long that will last. When he spoke with the media later than usual today, because the Rockies obviously had to deal with a lot of stuff, um, he couldn't reveal much. He did say, though, that they knew that Chichi Gonzalez would be starting today, and he was told that yesterday. So he will be on more of a regular schedule. And at least they had the all-star break, so he's not on short rest or anything. Kyle Freeland will move up to tomorrow. He originally was going to start on Sunday. They don't have a starter as of yet to start on Sunday. But um, also, too, I mean, as as you know well know, Kevin, uh, when the reporters are on the Zoom calls and trying to get information on breaking news, there, when as when stuff cannot be revealed yet, um, there's many ways to ask about different information. And every single time, Mike Redman was, "I'd love to tell you, I either don't know yeah. or I can't tell you." Because, think, yeah, yeah. I, I think there's a lot of things going on right now that we don't know about. And and I, you know, uh, I will tell you out here in Stockton uh, again. Harry Potter night, so forgive the music in the background. Uh, we're getting ready for a game here. Uh, one of the things that um, was interesting was whenever I walked into the ballpark today, uh, they told me that I needed to wear a mask. Uh, that's the first time that I've had to wear a mask, even though I'm fully vaccinated. Have my sticker with my BBWAA card and everything stating that. They still told me I needed to wear a mask on the field. Apparently, that was something that just came down today. So this is brand new. Uh, because the Fresno broadcast for me, even some of the Stockton folks were all kind of listening to each other like, wait, why are you wearing a mask? And I'm not. And, and so I think there's a lot going on behind the scenes right now. And I'm real curious to see what this next week or so looks like, uh, especially here in California. We know L.A. is going back to a mask mandate for the county. Um, I, I'm very curious to see where this goes. By the way, too, speaking of the Fresno broadcaster, for those of our uh, older generation listening to the podcast or reading the site, if you remember Hank Greenwald, Giants broadcaster in the 70s, 80s, and 90s, was with the Yankees for a few years. Um, his son is the broadcaster for Fresno, Doug Greenwald. So, And he's been with Fresno for almost 20 years now. But um, yeah. So, but with the Rockies, I mean, it'll be interesting to see how this develops. Um, there are some people, of course, that um, naturally on the, the media forum that is often known for very rational takes known as Twitter. Um, people are like, well, they, they must not be vaccinated. No, it, pay attention. The Rockies are the number one vaccinated team in all of baseball. And it's been reported as few as zero players that have not been vaccinated. And there's been some reports saying that two players weren't vaccinated. So either way, there's four players out right now. At bare minimum, at least two of them were vaccinated. So 
there now like for example the Yankees have had issues where like Glaber Torres a few weeks ago he tested positive he was told that he was vaccinated uh, what well, he was vaccinated and he was told he tested positive and that ended up being a false positive but I, there it's not 100% testing and all that and also too at least as of what we've been told it has just been contact tracing so it could have been they were in contact with somebody that had the virus who or tested uh, falsely tested positive for it. So the, the players very and coaches very well could be back tomorrow. If they are actually positive, then they'll be out longer. But for example, Bud Black, he flat out told us it was in spring training. I got my second vaccination. And that yeah. was that was what five months ago now, four or five months ago. Yeah, it's it's something that I think a lot of people jump to conclusions. And I think whenever the Yankees news came out about uh, Aaron Judge and some of the others at the All Star game, I think a lot of people started, you know, and, and I know it's hard to believe, Noah, but some people jumped to the conclusions weren't exactly correct. There's a lot we still got to figure out about this, just like we do COVID nineteen overall, the Delta variant, everything else that's going on. But we don't know, and let's make very clear, we don't know how long any of the Rockies players and coaches are going to be out. As you said, it could be a one-day thing. It could be longer. We don't know. But we do know that for the second half, unofficial second half opener against the Dodgers, the Rockies are going in with some new faces in there. Uh, you know, no, we talked about Zach Roscoe might be a guy who gets a call-up sometime soon. And sure enough, he's one of the guys. And I think Rockies fans are really intrigued with Sam Hilliard is also back in Denver as well. Yeah, and for Ross Cup and Antonio Santos is up as well. The Rockies only recalled three players. Four went on the COVID injured list, um, or the COVID protocol list, I should say. Um, so we'll have to see if there's another corresponding move or if well, we'll be learning more tomorrow on what happens. Um, we'll have that on the site. I would have a feeling right now. Correct. Just um, just yeah, it's, it's amazing what happens when you write. Um, so, um, so yeah, we will have that on the site and we'll be following that with a close eye. But, um, another thing too, I mean, it's going to be happening is uh, fortunately, at, at least as of right now, there's no players part of that that look like they're going to be traded. But what happens if with the trade deadline in two weeks from today, what happens if a player that, for example, I'll Trevor story, John Gray, one of those that look like they may be traded or they should be traded, I should say. And what if they test positive? Obviously we don't know if that's going to happen, but that's something to possibly look forward to is if the Rockies have a few more because there, there have been other teams where, okay, we've got these players that are going to be out for it and then the next day or two oh we have even more so that's something we definitely have to keep an eye on as well you you've heard it i've heard it anybody who's been around bud black for any any period of time has heard his rule number one be ready for anything yep and mike redmond said that today too really there you go the bud black school right there And, and i think these next two weeks we have to be ready for anything we don't know what's going to happen during the trade deadline. We're getting some big-time mixed signals about that. I mean, uh, if, if the Rockies are really just going to hold fast to what they've got, 
I think that's going to bring a lot of questions in about this franchise and what's coming next. I, I think a lot of folks are going to be more upset about that than they are possibly Nolan Arenado being traded and what the return was there. Yeah, and we'll have more on that on the site as well on Saturday. Um, some of our thoughts and opinions on that as well. So on the other side of this break, though, we will discuss a little bit about the Fresno Grizzlies. As mentioned, Kevin is there in Stockton where Fresno is on the road, but we'll talk about them and you'll hear from some of the Grizzlies as well on the other side of this break. And we are back here on the Rocks Pile Rockies Report. Noah Yingling and Kevin Henry here with you. Kevin, you spoke with some grizzlies earlier today and what did you what are some of the things you heard you know it's it's been really cool i've got to say no uh this is you can say arguably the most talented level that the rockies have is their low a right now you could argue that the most talent they've got in their whole minor league system rests in fresno california and as i look at the scoreboard right now four of the nine guys who are starting tonight we actually had a chance to talk to before batting practice today appreciate their time we got a chance to catch up with Zach Veen, uh, obviously top prospect in the Rockies organization. Uh, Drew Romo, top catching prospect in the Rockies organization. Uh, Grant Levine, uh, you know, a 2018 draft pick that has had an interesting road uh, so far and is still trying to make that jump up to the next level. And then uh, Colin Simpson, uh, you know, a late, late round draft pick out of Oklahoma State. We know how the Rockies love their guys from Oklahoma. And, Colin and you Simpson, do too. I, I, well, why wouldn't you? Hello. But uh, Colin. By the Simpson, way, Kevin is from Oklahoma. If you aren't. I, know. I, I almost said Boomer sooner. And then I realized that uh, Ryan Blade and Colin Simpson would not appreciate me saying that being a way. But, you know, Colin Simpson's a real interesting guy. He's a guy that you're not going to hear a lot about. Yet he's playing, playing four different positions right now for the Grizzlies, trying to get that jump, trying to make that next step in his career. We had a chance to talk to him about the chemistry of this team, what he's seeing, as well as with all these different guys, different ages, different backgrounds, how do they all come together? And here's what Colin Simpson had to say before today's game. Here with the Fresno Grizzlies, DH catcher. You kind of do it all. Uh, Colin Simpson, man. How you doing? I'm doing good. How are you? I'm doing well. So so let's talk about that. You're playing like all over the field Mm -hmm. uh, so far this season. Is that something you like, something you embrace? Uh, uh, I actually do like it. Um, catching is my favorite spot on the field. Okay. Uh, but I learned first base uh, in 2019 when I was in Junction, yep. and I enjoyed it. Uh, I've always liked the infield. I've played a little bit in high school. I messed around in college in the infield, but I always like fielding ground balls. That's just a fun thing to me. And then I really like left field because tracking down fly balls, that's a – that's a pretty fun thing to do, running the ball down in the gap. There's not really a better feeling. It's almost like you're a receiver on a football field, so it's pretty fun. I, I enjoy it all. You got That's a lot of different skill sets for those positions. How do you kind of balance your, your time, your workout, getting ready? Man? Um, so it kind of depends on what the lineup says that day. Okay. Um, if I'm in left, obviously I'll go take region left, work out with the outfielders. Uh, if I'm DHing uh, like today, I'll possibly be with the catchers or – I'll go outfield and infield. I'll do the outfield to start, and then I'll go field ground balls at first. Um, days I'm not playing, I go catch bullpens, and I'll be in the bullpen during the game so I can catch and keep the work up behind the plate. So I've kind of gotten into a routine where I kind of figured out, you know, how to balance it all. So it's, yeah, I enjoy it, though. It's fun. 
smoke's been coming together for you at the plate at a real uh, just just getting your time mm-hmm. down or what is it uh so i struggled for the first two months or so you know i i just didn't feel comfortable in the box my swing didn't feel right um and so, you know, me and Nick Wilson, we've been working pretty hard, and our hitting coordinators came in town a couple of times and been working with him. And finally, you know, I got my swing back to where it feels quick and I'm on time, and everything just kind of fell in line again. And so I finally get, got to that point where I'm staying in the box and I feel comfortable, I'm seeing the ball. And so it makes, it makes hitting a lot more fun when you feel that way. And how fun is a night like last night when it all came together for everybody, <laughs> man? Oh, that, those games are always a blast, you know. Uh, I mean, everybody on our team right now is seeing the ball well. I mean, for the most part, we have been all year. Yeah. Um, you know, so it, it, it's – we talked about it today in the locker room. It's nice. It kind of takes pressure off. You know, you – like yesterday I came up, bases loaded, one out. Um, I was trying to get the job done, struck out, didn't happen. But, you know, I had faith in the guy behind me as well, and he comes up and hits a two-out double that scores two runs. And so it takes a lot of pressure off in the box when your whole team is – you know, kind of seeing the ball well, swinging it well, and you have trust in every guy. So it makes it a lot more fun being able to play more free because you have so much trust in your teammates. you got a lot of different ages, different backgrounds on this team. How did you guys all come together and have this chemistry? Uh, honestly, I have no idea. Um, <laughs> you know, in the locker room, we all just kind of give each other crap, you know, like anybody would. Um, at first, it was a little tough. You know, some guys didn't quite figure it out very quick but then they kind of learned you know they're just messing with me like it's for fun whatever and they started giving it back and so then we kind of started building this chemistry and our infield you know they're pretty unbelievable Tovar and uh, Julio have got a pretty crazy bond and Eddie Diaz you know they always just have fun during infield practice and mess around and so I think that everybody seeing that kind of helped everybody else you know those infielders watching them mess around and have that chemistry then the outfielders started to build theirs and then it kind of just all kind of meshed together and became a lot of fun that's awesome man. and what did you do last year during covid how did you kind of get familiarly ready for this season so let's see <laughs> when we got sent home in march i me and that guy down there from tulsa we worked out uh, every day from March until end of June, and okay. then I think that's when we got the the final say of you know we're not going to have a season, and so we both kind of shut it down for a little while. I uh, I actually enjoyed a summer a little bit. You know, I went to the lake with my mom. You know, went on went on some uh, family trips and went and visited family, and so I just kind of hung out with the family a little while, and then uh, come fall i actually started working for my dad because i wasn't making money anymore with the rockies so i had to start finding a way to make some money so i was working with my dad and then january 1st no february 1st rolled around and that's when i started finally working into baseball again i started working out hitting throwing and got ready for the spring training in april or may whenever it was was it always in the back of your mind or is it something you just kind of baseball yeah Uh, i mean it was always in the back of my mind but i just kind of set it to the side and I didn't think too much about it because uh, we. I mean, it, that whole time through the winter and everything, we still didn't know yeah. when we were going to report. We didn't know. So once I got the report date, I gave myself exactly two months to get swinging, hitting, throwing, lifting, all that stuff, and it worked out pretty well. I felt good going in the spring training. The last question for you: When you got the news there wasn't going to be a season, uh-huh. did that take you some time to process, or were you just like, um, "All right, move on"? You know, on. we kind of had all figured that, that was going to be. Because, you know, COVID was so unknown. Nobody yeah. knew anything about it. And so 
we were all working out and it was there were like six of us i think and we were all minor league players and so we all had kind of been talking every day and we'd see reports and see the big league stuff and so and we kind of were hitting words from other people that it probably wasn't going to happen and so we kind of assumed that it wasn't going to happen and so when we finally heard it it was kind of like oh okay well i guess i'll take some time for myself now so yeah. it was kind of nice but at the same time you know you always miss baseball so absolutely well yeah. glad you're back man colin simpson thanks so much yeah, thank you and Noah, you know one thing that, that stood out to me while i was talking to colin simpson was just the difference between him and zach bean and drew roma you know, and not that they're that far apart in age, but there's enough that you can tell just talking to them. There's a little bit of difference. And and so I asked Zach Bean, you know, he's a guy who has had the microscope on him ever since he was drafted during the 2020 draft. Highest draft pick the Rockies had. They spent on outfielder Zach Bean. He's come into Fresno. He's had some ups. He's had some downs. But I asked him, how does he level all of that ups and downs out? as well as handled the pressure of being that next guy for the Rockies. And here's what he had to say. Zach Bean, Rockies prospect outfielder. Zach, thanks, friend. Appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you for having me. So tell me about, let's talk about that game last night. Obviously an offensive outburst, not just by a team, but you personally. Yeah, I thought it was um, definitely a good win um, to know we're not going to lose the series. <laughs> and, um, you know, I think uh, when when you have good at-bats and, you know, you string together a couple good ones in a row it's, it's hard to lose and you know I think last night we just had one of those nights where you know everybody was contributing nobody really had an off night you, you've had a season of some good ups some good downs and kind of been riding out what's it been like for you this first season just getting used to the grind everything that goes along with it yeah this first season um I think it's really taught me a lot um you know I've never I guess really failed this much in my life and um you know, it, it took some getting used to and um, learning how to bounce back. And, you know, in high school, you have one rough game. You got three more days to your next one. So it's uh, it's just really learning how to stay positive and, you know, not, not really overthink it and just enjoy every day and, you know, let the stats come. Has that been something that's been a learning process for you just to get to that point right there? Yeah, the more I talk to some of the older, experienced guys on, on our team, um, the more I learn, you know, that there, there is a lot of ups and downs. And, you know, one bad week uh, won't kill your season and you know one good week can turn it all around so it's uh just learning stuff like that every day and obviously the high draft pick a lot of pressure comes with that is that something you just take take in stride or does it even matter at this point um i say it wouldn't really matter anymore um okay. you know i think you know that was something I, re I really cared about you know when i got drafted going into pro ball but um the more i'm playing the more i'm realizing you know that rankings and all that stuff doesn't doesn't really matter and everybody's here for the same goal so just um you know not really taking anything for granted this is a team that's obviously excelling in the standings right now is it just a team coming together chemistry how do you describe it yeah i'd say it's a i think there's a really good bond on this team and i really think you know there's a lot of guys who know the role and you know i think when when you have nine guys in the field at all times that know the role during the game um you know, you're a tough team to be, and it's hard to lose. I'd be remiss if I didn't ask you about being drafted during COVID, what that was like for you and, and what you did to kind of mentally prepare for the season. It was a, it was definitely a bummer when my high school season got ended, yeah. um, you know, especially with all the talent and, you know, the players we had. It would have been nice to, you know, hopefully hit a first state championship, my first state championship at, at least. And, um, yeah. 
if anything, it just gave me more time to prepare, more time to get ready for this season. And, um, you know, I took it as this is a good time to get bigger and stronger and faster because when I get out here, I'm going to be playing against 22, 23-year-olds, so I had to catch up. And is that something you mentally have to kind of take into account so that you're, you're, you're younger than a lot of these guys? Does, or does that matter at this point? Um, I'd say at first it was a little different, you know, playing with guys who are, who are married or, you know, some have <laughs> yeah. kids. And, um, but at the end of the day, it's, it's just baseball. And, um, you know, I like to think I wouldn't be here if I wasn't good. So uh, that's uh, kind of how I approached it. First season in Fresno, a AAA facility. What's that been like for you to kind of get your feet under you there? It's definitely um, something I'm grateful for. Uh, you know, I, our first, uh, you know, my first time going to a field that was, you know, considered a single A ballpark. Yeah. Um, it was eye opening. You know how good we have it and how, you know, well, how good the stadium is and just how, you know, well we have it. So it was, uh, it was pretty eye opening. And last question for you, are you a, a goal kind of guy? Like, you want to see something happen by the end of the season, personally or professionally, or do you take it a game at a time? Um, I'm, at the beginning of the year, I was definitely a goal-oriented guy, but now I've, I've learned to just take it pitch by pitch, day by day. So, um, you know, try to win as many games as possible. All right. Zach Bean, thanks, man. Appreciate it. Thank you, Adam. We will hear from Rockies top catching prospect Drew Romo on the other side of this break. And right in that same draft class, along with Zach Bean, was Drew Romo. Now, a lot of folks think of Romo as this guy who could be the next great catcher, or maybe some might argue first great catcher for the Rockies. But the Rockies have never spent a higher draft pick on any catching prospect than they did on Drew Romo. So I asked him today, what's this season been like for him? What was it like during COVID-19? And is that pressure on him to know that so many are watching his development as well? Here with uh, Drew Romo uh, for the Fresno Grizzlies taking on the Stockton Ports in Stockton, California. How are you, Drew? Doing good. How are you? I'm good, man. Thanks for the time. Appreciate yeah, it. Yeah, no problem. What has this season been like for Fresno? I mean, you guys are putting it all together, it seems like, right now. Yeah, I think it's been a great season for Fresno. Um, we have a great team this year. You know, Everybody's a good guy on the team. We're all getting along together well. We're playing great baseball right now. And, um, you know, our fans at Fresno, they're great. They give us a lot of support, and so it's great playing for them. What about you? What's, you know, obviously drafted during COVID, strange time to come in. What was that like for you and then finally getting to play in Fresno? Yeah, it was definitely a crazy experience. Um, I feel very lucky that I had a big positive in the year of 2020. Not many people had that. And um, this season has been great for me so far. It's been awesome to get my feet wet. I've learned a lot, and I'm just looking forward to continue to get better. Well, let's talk about that. What are some of the things that you've kind of learned already this year? It's been a lot of things. You know, just I've kind of learned a good approach at the plate. I've learned what kind of hitter I want to be at the moment. Um, defensively, I've learned how to handle pitch, a pitching staff. I've learned how to call a better game. Um, I've learned how to be a better teammate and how to play good team baseball. So the Rockies have done a really good job uh, helping out the players on this team. You've had a lot of guys come through here, a lot of movement already pitching-wise. How do you adapt and build that relationship with guys? Um, yeah, I mean, I'd say it's all about reps. It's okay. all about innings. You know, looking back to spring training, I really didn't know much about these guys. Yeah. But now, a few months into the season, I know these pitchers like the back of my hand. And so I feel like um, we have a lot of good chemistry going into games. 
your guide obviously got a lot of publicity coming in. Was that something you used as motivation or just kind of par for the course and take it as it comes? Yeah, I mean, yeah, like you said right there, just every day I'm looking forward to getting better. And, you know, for me, I feel like um, I'm just focused on helping my team each and every day. There was a lot of talk about your defensive skills. And there, let's be honest, there were some questions about what could you bring at the plate. And you said you've yeah. been working on that. What are some things that you've really kind of been focusing on? Yeah, for me... I've honestly always felt very comfortable at the plate. I feel like my defense kind of overshadowed my offense, and I feel like people kind of overlooked me in that part of my game. Um, and so, really, I'm just kind of doing what I've always done right now. I'm just I'm doing what's natural for me, and I'm keeping everything simple, and I'm just trusting my process and trusting uh, my swing. Are you a guy who sets goals, or you just take it a game at a time? What kind of player are you? Uh, when I was younger, I definitely set very big goals, but... Um, now that we're here and we're playing every day, I'm really trying my hardest to value each and every day. Because uh, these days, they really feel like they're flying by right now. You know, the season's already more than halfway done. So I'm really just valuing each and every game one at a time. And last question for you. Coming into Fresno, former AAA park, what have mm. the facilities been like for you and how have you kind of adjusted to yeah. the schedule? Mm, the facilities are great. Um, I definitely feel a little spoiled in my first full season of minor league baseball. <laughs> It is great playing in Fresno, and so all of our guys are very thankful for the facilities that we have. All right, Drew Roma, thanks, yeah. man. Appreciate thank, it. Thank you for having me. Thank you. Now, Grant Levine was one of those first basemen who was brought in by the Rockies about the same time as Michael Tolia, some other guys who were coming up during the system. Grant has been a guy that has been Grand Junction, Asheville, now Fresno. When is he going to make that next step up, and what's it going to take for him to do that? I kind of asked him about his outlook as well as what he was working on, and here's what he told me. Here in Stockton, California, talking to Rockies prospect Grant Levine. Grant, thanks for joining, man. Appreciate it. Thank you for having me. So this team's really seemingly putting it together lately. What's been kind of the key for you guys at the plate? Y'all been on a surge. Yeah, I think offensively we've really worked together as a team. You know, we get runners on second base with no outs. We'll move them over, sack bunt. And then we're confident that the guy behind him will do his job to score him with either like a sack fly or a ground ball through the infield. So, I mean, we just do the small things really well offensively. And I also think that as a team, we've been really aggressive early in the counts and we're able to do some damage on the baseball. Take me back to that July 3rd comeback. What was that ninth inning like? And obviously you capping it off. Huh? Yeah, I think we started off with a... Like a walk, or Eddie Diaz gone with a walk. Uh, Tovar had a double that scored him. And I just remember coming up, the guy, just like a fastball slider guy, so I was really trying to lock in on his fastball and got into a 1 1 count. Had previously just missed the fastball, so I felt pretty good about getting another one and was able to drive it out the right field. What was that moment like knowing you guys had not only completed a comeback, but obviously walked it off, man? Yeah, I mean, that was just a crazy last two innings. I think we scored eight runs yeah. and had about three homers during those two innings. So it was just crazy running around there knowing we just came back from 9-2. What was the COVID time off for you? What was kind of your focus during that? Uh, for me, did a lot of work, trying to work in my swing, make it a little bit short. It had been a little long in 2019 in Nashville. And really try to lock in defensively, trying to improve around the bag and trying to be a cat or at least have trust in my teammates that they don't have to make a perfect throw every time. And how's that paying off so far for you this year, you think? I think so far, 
ever since the first month I really started to drive the ball a little bit more now and started to hit for power between the gaps. So it's been paying off pretty well. And defensively, I've been really happy with how it progressed so far. Cool. And last question for you. Fresno obviously moving to some AAA facilities. What's that been like, and how has that kind of helped you personally? Yeah, I mean, being able to have those facilities is, I mean, we're really fortunate. Um, I mean, having the cage indoors, very nice. Be able to do machine work in there all the time has uh, been really key for us, me, and the team. All right, Grant, thanks so much, man. Appreciate it. Thank you for having me. And then finally, we've got to give props to the, the manager of the Fresno Grizzlies, Robinson Cancel. Robinson has done an incredible job pulling all of these talents together. And Noah, let's not forget, this is also a team that has had a ton of movement. A lot of guys have already been moved up to high A Spokane. And yet, low A Fresno has not missed a beat with these guys getting called up. So I asked Robinson what it's like to make sure that he can balance not only the talent that's coming in, but also the chemistry in the clubhouse and that it doesn't get messed up. Here with Robinson Cancel, the uh, manager of the President Grizzlies. Thanks for joining. I appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you for having me. So let's talk about the success of this team. You've got a lot of different personalities, backgrounds. How do you blend them all together and make a, a winning team right now? Well, everything started out of spring training. Uh, we create a culture in spring training to be a, a, a teamwork for the most part. And uh, I think it's been paying off at this point. What are, what are some things, uh, obviously a lot of Rockies fans haven't seen your team play this year. What are some things that you're kind of seeing as strengths? I mean, I, I keep reading about pitching, I keep reading about the hitting. What are some things that are kind of jumping out to you so far this year? I think the way we go about it, uh, especially on the base path, uh, we force the issue. We're running bases hard out of the box. We'll go first to third. We'll, we'll try to take the extra base when they give us a chance. Guys slow to the play. We'll try to steal a base. We'll play the fundamentals. We'll move the guy over. We'll play the little the little game. So uh, I think that's been a big key for us as a, as a team. You were talking to our colleague Jack Etkin recently and said that you really believed in what this team can do. What what? How soon did you see that belief? Was it in spring training whenever you saw what this team could do? Uh, well, it's, we were playing spring training, and, uh, and the way they were handling themselves during spring, doing things that uh, usually you don't see it on a ball. You see things like, well, this guy's getting the guy over. This guy's taking pictures. This guy throwing the ball over the plate, pitching, uh, pitching backwards, stuff like that. And, you start thinking of those little things, and then they uh, they got together with the with the with the, uh, the speed that we have and all that. I said, "Oh, we're gonna be, it looks like we're gonna be pretty good." Um, so we started hot, and uh, the team believed that they, they were good, and then we haven't stopped since. And uh, hopefully, it stays like that. As a manager, nights like last night when it kind of all comes together, both on the mound and at the plate, is that is that a gratifying moment, or do you just go, "That was one game. We still got to win today." Um, yeah, that actually is. You know, it's a, it's a game is already over with. Yeah. But uh, at the same time, I don't get to manage. It's, <laughs> it's, you know, it's, when it's open up like that, you let them play, get the twenty seventh out, and go back at it tomorrow. But uh, it's good to see them. You know, having fun like that and uh, hit the ball, pitch, 
pitch the contact, make the plays. It's fun to watch them every day doing that. You've also managed a team that's had a lot of movement already this year. You've had some guys uh, go up to Spokane and some other guys come in. What what kind of challenges does that present to you as a manager to make sure the, the chemistry stays intact? Yeah, uh, well, we, like I said, uh, everything was built in spring training. You know, sometimes spring training, the rosters are bigger. And you have some players that probably didn't make the team, but they already have idea what it's going to be like during the season, so they acclimated, uh, I believe, pretty quickly with it. And uh, and uh, if they're not in the same page, we'll find a way to get them in the same page as a, as a unit, and uh, I think everybody's on the same page, so it, it, it's good to have them uh, uh, over here, and then when somebody leaves and somebody comes, and I believe they're they've been tall, talk to the players, you know, the players talk to each other, and I believe they are... They uh, they talk how it's like. And last question for you: What challenges did last year present with no season, and then trying to gear back up in spring training, or was it a challenge once everybody got back into camp? Well, I felt like uh, my concern was when they uh, they haven't played for a year, how good a shape they are when they come in, how how much throwing, how much hitting how much stuff they've been doing. Even though we keep track with them during uh, during the pandemic, we're you know, assuming calls, we're calling, we're texting. But at the same time, you want to see it in person. Even though, you know, you get videos and stuff, I want to see it in person, hopefully. Yeah. They are they are in really good shape and uh, ready to roll. Because, you know, spring training wasn't as long as, I would say, three weeks, four weeks. So... You know, at the same time, they're preparing for a season, plus they're competing. So that was my main concern, was being able to be ready to go. Well, doing excellent. Uh, so far, so good. So appreciate the time, and thanks so much for joining us. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for having me, and uh, go Rocks. Go Rocks. Yeah. <laughs> so those are our five looks at the Fresno Grizzlies. And, Noah, if you look at the standings heading into Friday night's game, this is a juggernaut, dare we say. Uh, they are leading the uh, High A West North Division. i got to make sure I get that right because it's not the Cal League anymore. But the High A West North Division by two games, 42-21 and 21 on the season, and coming off a night where they put a 18 to nothing win over Stockton. And Noah, between us, the Stockton coach was not very pleased with his team before the game. Just a, just a little teaser there. And also, too, you know, you said it's the uh, low A West North division. It's the Cal League. Uh, just, sorry. <laughs> just like the Jake. You know, like it's Comiskey Park. It's the Jake. I mean, some things are never going to change, right? Come on. Well, like uh, when Thomas Harding of MLB.com and I, we were talking about uh, the it was in Milwaukee. We were talking about the. Uh, locations of the different AAA teams and the different leagues they were in. I'm like, oh, the isotopes, it was something to the effect of, oh, they have like the second worst record in the Pacific Coast League. He's like, you know, it's AAA West, and it's it's Pacific Coast League. It's always going to be the PCL. I'm sorry. Sorry. And one of these days, it'll be the High A West North Division sponsored by Honda or something. I mean, just, just, just get ready. It'll come at some point. I mean, hey, at least I'm not calling the two AAA leagues, well, the AAA leagues, the International League, 
the PCL, and the American Association. I'm not that old. You're not that. And, and I'm <laughs> not going to make one comment about that because I still remember the American Association, damn it. So there you go. <laughs> but uh, hey, one thing to note on Fresno, and I, I think it's really interesting, they not only lead the low A West in hitting with a 264 team average, uh, they are second in the league with a 367 team ERA pitching wise. So the Zach Beans, uh, a lot of the guys are going to get credit as, as well as they should at, for what they're doing at the plate. But Robin, Robinson Cancel told me after we finished interviewing, don't overlook the pitching that's going on tonight. Sam Weatherly is taking them out. He was recently named. Uh, the high West pitcher of the week. We didn't get a chance to talk to him because it's his turn in the rotation, but he is going to give us a follow-up interview soon enough. And we'll have that for you here on the podcast. And with Fresno, they're, they're one of the Rockies affiliates um, that is actually fairly low in elevation. I believe they're probably 300 feet or so in elevation. Hartford obviously is low as well being in Connecticut. Um, but it'll be interesting to see what those pitchers if, for example, when they go to Spokane, Spokane is more at elevation. They're a little under 2,000 feet in elevation. Obviously, it's nothing compared to Coors Field, especially because you're facing major league hitters. But that's something that the Rockies have looked at more is trying to get some uh, get, get the players some experience at elevation. I mean, that's why they had Grand Junction, Albuquerque. Albuquerque is actually higher elevation than Denver. So that, that's something that's a big key, obviously, for the Rockies. A lot of people don't know that. I, I still say they need to bring back the Casper Ghosts, man. I'm telling you, bring back a Wyoming minor league team. Yeah, absolutely. Up there. I'm just telling you, absolutely, at some point. Yeah, and so Casper we- is, is right around the mile high mark. I believe they're just under. But, um, but yeah, that's – that used to be, especially 10 years ago, there were a lot of teams out there in the mountain time zone. There aren't now. No. And, and I think that's, you know, one of the things that uh, Rob Manfred talked about during his talk with BBWAA was about how the, the minor leagues were now more of a business. And, and I get that they need to be more of a business, but I think it's a shame that the Great Falls, the Ogdens, the Grand Junctions are not part of quote, affiliated baseball anymore. Uh, Colorado Springs is another one. I mean, they're over 6,000 feet in elevation. Great point. But yeah, well, they do have the, quote, unquote, Rocky Mountain vibes. Vibes. Yep. And uh, we also, as you can hear, Harry Potter is near. I'm just telling you, there's some wizardry going on behind the scenes here. <laughs> uh, so we will be ready. Uh, we're going to be here in uh, Stockton tonight watching the Fresno Grizzlies. I really appreciate uh, Fresno working with us to make this happen. Uh, kudos to Stephen Rice, a great media relations coordinator, and all the folks at the Grizzlies uh, working with us to make this happen. And Noah, I'm really curious. This could be a team that could go, you know, knock on some wood here, that's built to go the furthest perhaps of any of the, the levels that the Rockies have right now. Yeah, and I mean, unfortunately, that isn't too much competition there. Um because as if you look at the standings, Albuquer- uh, I'll be very blunt. Albuquerque stinks. Hartford stinks. Spokane is okay. I mean, they're not great, but they're, they're better than the others. But um, I believe they're right around 500. Uh, a few games under, actually. They're 29 and 34. But yeah, I mean, 
when you look at Hartford, they have the worst record in double in the double A Northeast. They have a winning percentage of 306 right now. You look at Albuquerque, they have a winning percentage of 417, which is actually improved because they've won their last six games. But that's still the worst record in the AAA West. There's there's not and I mean you ask pretty much anybody and you you look at the team records when you're this far in the season, major leagues, minor leagues, doesn't matter. That's pretty in, indicative of the rec, uh, of, of the talent on the team, I should say. If you heard my interview with Robinson Cancel, one thing he said was, we knew in spring training this was going to be a special group of guys. There's a lot to be said about you know what you see in spring training and it actually translating it over into the regular season. And Fresno's figured out a way to make it happen, so kudos to them for that. Yep. Noah, i got to tell you, uh, I am getting ready to get on the radio with the, the gentleman from Fresno that you mentioned. Uh, we're doing a little pregame stuff, so I'm going to actually have to cut this short. But uh, I think we uh, – I hope everybody enjoys these Grizzlies, and I hope that these are guys that we'll see at Coors Field sooner than later too. Yeah, and the way that they're developing, we might see them in two or three years. So, so for my – Friend and fellow co-expert Kevin Henry, I'm Noah Yingling. Thank you for listening. We will have more on the site and here on the podcast in the near future. So hopefully you will listen and read those articles as well. And as we mentioned, especially from the All-Star break, if you haven't checked those out, Bernie Williams, uh, Willie MacGyver, Dick Monfort, others, make sure you check those out. So for Kevin Henry, I'm Noah Yingling. And as Kevin likes to say, hey, go Rockies. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code OLDLINE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code OLDLINE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Maryland only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please play responsibly. For help, visit MDGamblingHelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM National Harbor. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Cashback is not available on gas in New Jersey and Wisconsin. Hey, good morning. You're heading to the airport, right? Yeah, thanks for checking. I like the car. How long have you been a rideshare driver? About three years now, but I really enjoy it. Isn't it hard to make money these days with the price of gas being so high? Not for me. I use Upside, the free app that gives you cash back for every gallon of gas you buy. Wait a minute. Are you saying you actually get real money back when you get gas with the Upside app? Yep, I get real cash back every time I get gas. Does that actually add up to anything? I'll make around $200 to $300. Wow, that's serious extra cash. I'm downloading the Upside app now. Download the free Upside app now to earn real cash back every time you buy gas. Use promo code CAR for an extra 25 cents a gallon bonus on your first tank. You can cash out anytime right to your bank account, PayPal, or a gift card for Amazon and other brands. Just download the free Upside app and use promo code CAR for a 25 cents a gallon bonus on your first tank. That's code CAR.